Hello, parents. Welcome to the Masterful Parenting Podcast. I'm Ann Alvarez, parent coach, school counselor, and mom of two. Do you struggle with your relationship with your kids because you carry childhood pain? Do you get triggered by your child's behavior, become irrational, and maybe even yell at your children? Maybe you want to be a better parent, but you don't know how. Instead of repeating old patterns, you want to heal your pain, become more aware of your child's needs, feel connected to your kids, and learn the tools to communicate better so you can truly enjoy your parenting. If you are ready to heal your childhood pain, raise healthy, connected, and happy kids, and end the cycle of parenting with pain, then join me. Our kids deserve it, and we can do this. Let's go. Welcome parents to the Masterful Parenting Podcast. I'm so excited because we have a returning guest. His name is Alistair Moose. He has run Moose Anger Management since 1995, and he has been in the counseling field since 1989. We are so excited to have you, Alistair. Thank you for coming back for part two. Happy to be here. Always a a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. All right. We're going to talk about um, self-sabotage and blind spots today. So what what are blind spots? And how do we know that we're having blind spots as parents? Well, I think one of the best um, examples of a blind spot is when you make a mistake, you hurt, uh, you say something or you do something that is uh, hurts your kids or your partner and you apologize and then uh and you you know you're like okay i'm not going to do that again and then a week or two or month or or six months later you do the same thing over again and especially with men but women too they'll often contact us uh after years of trying to figure it out themselves but the blind spot is like you're not able to gain the perspective you need like somebody else to help you and uh and if it was your car that you were trying to fix you'd go and talk to a mechanic but often you know especially men are like i'm gonna figure this out myself and uh and often because that's what our parents did and so we just follow in our parents footsteps most often because that's our training to parent and we just repeat the same mistakes often until either there's a really big mistake which blows everything up like big drama a big emotional event and then we step back and go oh my god that's not me right then we feel the shame it hits really deep and that helps you break through something so it's like okay what I've done so far hasn't worked. I'm hurting the people I care about. I need to do something different. That's often when people call the anger management guy or they talk to a counselor or they, they do something to change because uh, you can't get through that blind spot on your own because you're blind to it. You can't see it. You need some perspective from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So basically blind spots don't feel good, right? Because you're, you're trying, you do something to damage relationship and then you Mm -hmm. realize 
you shouldn't have done that. And you apologize. Yeah. But then you repeat it. You repeat the pattern. Yes. And it's not until you're, you know, neglecting your kid or you're pretending, ah, oh, it doesn't really matter if I, you know, put the extra effort in. And then afterwards you're like, wow. Or in the middle of making that decision, you go, wait a minute, which, you know, I can honestly say I've done and said, yeah, actually that's what my dad would have done. And that's, that's not in alignment with my core values. I have to do something different. I have to take a stand here and uh, put that extra effort in to uh, witness or see my kids and value them rather than neglect them. When sometimes neglecting the kids is small, it isn't like a big neglect. It's just you're acting as if you don't really matter. And that's what my dad did. He acted as if his thoughts and words weren't really that important and when he did offer them even when i became an adult it was like it didn't involve him paying attention to my perspective it was just what he thought and and as parents one of the most important things we can do for our partner for our children and for ourselves is to really see the other and ourselves that each person needs to be seen and heard and valued and feel loved and experience emotional safety. Yes. And if, and, and first we have to create that in ourselves. And since most of us, you know, myself included grew up uh, in an environment that didn't have that emotional safety, then it's like we're, we're unsettled until we can create more of that within ourselves. Then we can yeah, offer we can it more offer easily, more to, easily our, to, our to our kids or kids. to our partner. That's not so, so easy, though. It just it takes some courage. And time, right? Time to recognize, oh, this is what's happening. So, like, okay, so you so you yeah. gave the example of giving your opinions but not listening uh, to our kids because that was your role modeled by your dad. Um, what, what are there so blind spots? can parents have like maybe yelling maybe their first go-to is yelling at their for child for sure that that would be more my mom and I, I love my mom and you know she died 42 years ago but she loved me deeply and I let that in as a kid which is so important but she also had an incredible temper and uh that didn't come out that often but when it did it was like as a kid especially a little kid that was scary and so after her temper, she would feel bad and everybody would feel bad. And because in my family, nobody ever talked about anything. We would just carry on as if everything was okay afterwards. Nobody would mention it again. So nothing ever got resolved. So I grew up not learning how to have those difficult conversations and as far as I can tell, my parents, each of them, and they're different countries, grew up with the same experience where you just you just avoid all of all of those things. And you know, in our groups, I go into uh, in session four about what happens when things actually get resolved well, and it usually involves having some humility 
like some some self-compassion i'm human i make mistakes i've made mistakes i'm gonna make more mistakes but i'm i want to learn from these mistakes i want to grow from these and that uh, self-awareness seems to be the key that we're able to reflect upon what we're doing and see the outcome of it rather than judging and that self-compassion seems to be so key because when we're really triggered all we end up with is judgment and finger pointing and blaming and defensiveness but if we can um take the time to step back and see that bigger picture and connect to our heart then we can do something different with this and we all we all have both in us and so the self-awareness means that we're able to acknowledge both of those things. But it's like we have to create some emotional safety within ourselves, or in a relationship with a counselor or a trusted family friend or somebody in your community who's trustworthy, where you can practice having those conversations because that's not what I really witnessed growing up. So exactly. we okay, need to on. find a different path. Yes. So we all have blind spots. And sometimes the blind spot is about when the emotions take us over. Like my mom would act their anger out. Whereas my dad was more, he would kind of exit stage left and go sailing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, have a drink and a smoke and things like that. But there can be many other blind spots that people have, but it's, it's when those blind spots are engaged, it's like we're triggered. We come from a place of reactivity and often we have to find somebody to help us gain perspective, whether that's a therapist or uh, a, a trusted family friend or somebody who can step back and see a bigger picture because often we get sort of lost in it and many times as mentioned people will tell me when they come to see us that they um they tried for years sometimes and just couldn't figure it out and finally they're all right i better go talk to somebody um and then then they can face that but it takes courage i mean people call me and I can tell most of the time it takes courage to do that. Men, women, uh, young, old, doesn't matter what your background is, what country you're from. It's like this is stepping outside of your usual everyday thing. And, and it's interesting at the end of the first session of our groups, um, almost always somebody will say, They'll look around and it's just a bunch of regular guys or or women if it's a women's group and somebody will say well it's good to know that i'm not the only one i'm not alone right mm -hmm. and that shame lifts a little bit and it feels better and it's like you know it's just the people that do this are the ones that really care about their family in fact they love them so much that they're willing to step into this uh, anxiety because they're not sure most of the time they haven't done anything like this before and they're 
They want to try something different. And we have to change course if we want a different outcome. Yes, that's so amazing. So like, I guess the first step is just being aware that you're repeating something from your childhood that wasn't healthy and that you want, that you commit, that you want to do, do it differently with your own kids. But the, the awareness piece, I always say your, your feelings will tell you if it doesn't feel good, it probably isn't healthy, right? Like yelling doesn't feel good. Your mom apologized afterwards. She felt horrible. Um, so if it doesn't yeah, feel sometimes, good, some, sometimes right in the moment, it actually does feel good. But then afterwards, it doesn't feel so good. Yes, <laughs> right? that's in the true. moment, in the moment we're being run by the emotions just rise up. Often it's a historic trauma. It rises up and, and it's a release of it. Yes. And in that moment, we actually can't see any other option. Like the blinders literally are on. And that's the only thing that makes sense. And so we need to be able to do things so that we can understand what the lead up is to that so that we're more aware. We have to we have to look at our own shame and embarrassment and the difficult things uh, that led us on that ramp up, the things in our body, the things in our thoughts, uh, in our environment. Uh, maybe it's drinking too much coffee. <laughs> you know, it, it can be a whole bunch of things that, that lead in this direction or alcohol, certainly, um, or, or even people smoking dope, right? That can lead to neglectful parenting or people not acting true to themselves. And that's when people come to us, uh, really the goal is that they align with their core values. Because you look inside everybody and they can connect to their heart and their core values are generally, let's treat people with kindness and i want what is best for them yeah. even sometimes um people will talk about being selfish and i'll say well being selfish with a really uh short time frame not so good right it looks like your your inner child is running you and you just want what you want right and we all have that in us too but if we're selfish like what do i want what are the memories that I want to create here? So in 10 years or 20 years, when my kids and a significant other, whoever, look back upon this time, what was it like when the dad walked in into the home after work or the mom walked back into the home after work? What was that experience like? Was it one of loving kindness or anxiety-producing What's going to happen next? And so it's actually kind of selfish because I want to feel good in 10 or 20 years when I reflect back and go, yeah, yeah, that that would serve me. But it's but it's in a big picture selfishness, which, you know, maybe isn't really so selfish because we're generally a lot more uh, loving and compassionate when we really think it through when we allow ourselves to access the higher reasoning part of our brain, connect with the wisdom in our body, what feels right and in our heart and, and have awareness 
around the part of you that just wants what you want right now. <laughs> the little kid part. Um, and we don't want to, we don't want to say that that little kid part is a bad part of you. It isn't. It's just that young part of you, which is emotionally ill-equipped to deal with the complexity of your adult life. We need to look after that kid part. And um, yeah, and let the kid feel safe. There's so often that I talk with parents that when they were little, they didn't experience being seen or heard, not truly deeply being seen as who they are and accepted as who they are. Yes. And a parent's job is really like get to know your kid, what they love, what motivates them, what moves them, um, and create more of that, right? It isn't, uh, it's not about what you want your kid to turn out like. It's what yeah. they want to turn out like. It's what, and and that's what gets their energy going so that they'll, you know, love whatever they're doing. And it can be anything, right? It can yeah. be, you know, it can be sports. It can be art. It can be music. It can be academics. Uh, they can become really super curious about certain things. And when you see them get energized on those things, that's, you, you want to create more space for that to happen. And when they stop having energy for that, well, then that's okay. Yes. Right. It's not, it's not our job to dictate to them uh, what they're going to turn out like. It's their job. Yes, absolutely. I love that message. So would you say then that this is learned behavior from our childhood or is it the processing, the, the messaging that we we gave those events in our lives. So um, the so trauma can be passed down in our DNA from previous generations. Okay. Right. So so they just they did a study on on mice. They weren't very nice to the mice. They put the mice in uh well a singular mouse in a cage. They put the smell of uh, cherry blossoms in the air and then they put some electricity through the cage and the, the mouse like a human we get traumatized especially when we're little because you can neither fight nor flee you don't have the power to change your situation and so it gets trapped in our system literally it changes the the dna so they do that a few times for the rest of that uh, the life of that mouse if the smell of cherry blossoms is in the air, they go into a full trauma response, like a panic attack. Yes. Their pups, their offspring, you know, they're never mistreated. But when the smell of cherry blossoms is in the air, they have the same trauma response as their parents. Wow. Then they have pups. And so now we're two generations down smell of cherry blossoms, same thing, same trauma response. And so sometimes, and after that, that it dissipates and it can be healed, right? It's not like yeah. this is fate, but it helps if we're aware of this, or if we're, it helps if we're aware of the stories 
where, you know, my dad was growing up and uh, li lived in Nazi-occupied Holland for five years while his dad was in prison, probably going to have an impact on him. Yeah. Uh, it may have had an impact on him that his dad's, his dad's dad died at 18, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to have a traumatic event, probably, right? And you can see these things get passed down. And so our job is to see the patterns, Potentially, uh, if we know the stories, that that can be helpful, but it shows up in the body regardless. Mm -hmm. It shows up in the body as an over-response or an under-response. So we act out too much with anger, for instance, or we freeze up, or like my dad, we kind of like, I'm going to go sailing right? <laughs> or, what, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Or the other response is a fawn response, which is, become overly nice like just being like you know toxic positivity and you're you're just trying to make the other person happy with complete disregard for your own dignity mm -hmm. so if you're doing those over and over and over again usually there's a history to it and and if we can get to know that all all the better but these patterns happen in every family wow and most most families secret don't talk about it so we don't realize that this is happening in other families because nobody's talking about it we just think well i'm the only one who's messed up i, I better not tell anybody or you know i'd i'd suffer all this judgment and nobody would want to have anything to do with me that's the little kid being in charge of the response Right. And, and even if you're 50 years old, you still end up having that response because it's in our body, it's below consciousness, and it just takes us over if we're triggered enough until we go, hey, wait a minute, this thing keeps on happening in my body, it feels terrible, and then I act like an idiot, and I better go talk to somebody about that's clearly a blind spot. I'm, right. I'm I'm not in charge here, and I and I want to treat my partner, my kids, with loving kindness. I want to be, you know, this kind of dad or mom or what have you. Yes. Wow, that's so powerful. So okay, so how how do we keep healthy so that our blind spots don't show up in our parenting? You said we have to listen to our body, right? Or our body yeah. respond. Well, if if you've been having those blind spots, if you've been reacting in ways that where afterwards you feel terrible, then you you need to switch it up. You need to probably talk to a therapist or attend a group or uh, uh, work with somebody who understands these types of patterns, and that way you grow and learn. And we turn these things into a gift. Because, you know, all the, all the parents think, oh, I'm so worried I, you know, wrecked my kid. And it's like, you know, we, we all suffered things growing up. It's not, it it's not bad because when we get to know these traumas in ourselves, then we can connect with, way deeper with other people and we can help our kids. But we can't help our kids if we don't look at it ourselves. So we can affect future generations. We can have an impact a hundred years from now if we heal ourselves 
and compassionately, lovingly help our kids navigate through these things themselves so that they feel comfortable talking about this rather than growing up where nobody says anything ever. So that's what I've kind of dedicated my life to is talking to people about these things. And, uh, and, and, you know, my kids are 22 and 24 and, and I talk to them every week, uh, more than once, yes. you know, and we get together often. So, yes. you know, yes. I want to, I want to keep this going so that they feel open and can have those difficult conversations, which most people avoid. We have to have the, the difficult conversations. That's where the, the gold is, so to speak. I agree 100%. Uh, I get so excited hearing you talk because that's like, that's my mission too, is really just to help parents mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to change yeah. generations, really, right? Uh, because yeah. we can. We can, we can, we can heal. It is very possible. It, 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 it you healed. I've healed. Uh, we're examples, right? We're, we're testimonies well, to healing, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm, and I'm so grateful to be able to, to witness, to be able to hear people talking about the impact on their families, hmm. right? Almost everybody comes back to session two of the group and says, things are going better. I mean, not everybody, and it's not perfect, but it's like, yeah, things actually are going better. And part of it is just because they're noticing. Yes. They're actually practicing noticing what's happening in their body and their thoughts and what's happening in, in the, the thoughts and the bodies of the people around them. And we give them more of a framework to understand what happens when we escalate and how to... Uh, regulate your nervous system so that you're more yourself. Yeah, I I um I had another guest on and she was talking about slowing things down. I think when we slow things down, then we can start like just like paying attention to our body, um, breathing, doing things to calm ourselves, right? So that we're not personalizing yeah. what people's behaviors, you know, um, that's that's really it's uh, really a, a great tool it's just slow things down yeah. your reaction to things right yeah. so um, and remind and yourself you know yeah. yeah we that this too shall pass we will get through this and Absolutely. and i i sit still and meditate every morning because mm -hmm. that works for me yes. and some people meditate for spiritual reasons Really, I meditate just to regulate my nervous system. <laughs> right? I That's it. it. I mean, there might be a spiritual part of that for sure, but mostly it's a practical thing because I know if I sit still and meditate and breathe that I'm I'm better at being a, a, a decent person. Exactly, exactly. Oh, thank you so much, Alistair. That was so good. Okay, let's just do a sh short takeaways for parents, right? First, first step is being aware. For being, sure. Yeah. yeah like being aware body. and and knowing that you're not the only one that struggles with things. You're human. We all struggle with things. And yes, so that's that's normal. It's if you see these repeating patterns where you're making the same mistakes, where you're hurting the people you care about, um, you know, it's 
then it's like, all right, well, I need to, you know, seek uh, wise counsel here. Yes. I need yes. to understand this better. And I've tried. I, I need to find somebody to help. It's called a blind spot because we can't see. And we need help yeah. to see the reason why, why, why this is happening over and over again. Um, and then just like having the self-compassion, right? Um, that, yeah. that you know, don't be so hard on yourself because you are trying uh, and you're, and, and you're taking steps, right? To change. So yeah. that's huge, huge, huge. Okay. Uh, tell our listeners how to find you. Um, angerman.online is the easiest, uh, at moose anger management on social media, like Instagram and TikTok and all those things, YouTube. Um, those are the easiest ways, or you can okay. just go onto the website and call me. Okay. I, I answer I the phone. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. Um, and I can put your links with the podcast notes as well for you parents. So, um, you know, uh, reach out for support. Uh, there is support for parents. And your your life doesn't have to be uh, repeating cycles of, of pain and trauma. Uh, you can be healed and you can get better. Thank you so much, yeah, Alistair. And, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, all our groups uh, and counseling, almost all of it is online. So people can access it from anywhere. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us again. I appreciate you. And thank you, parents, for your support and for listening. I hope this episode has helped you um, and is, is going to inspire you to, to get the help you need so you can be amazing and uh, feel really confident in your parenting. Thank you. Bless you, everybody. Bye. If this podcast inspired, blessed, or changed you in any way, I would love for you to share this with your family and friends on your Instagram page and tag me at Masterful Parenting and join my Masterful Parenting Facebook page or DM me for more parenting support. And I will meet you here real soon. Remember, be relational with your kids and you will see a change. Love to all you parents out there. Let's change the world one parent at a time.